0: Thank you. How's it going, everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. And uh, to kick off our kind of this cool idea I started last December where I bring on two previous guests of the podcast from the year prior, Uh, something cool, something organic I am going to try to do here again this December, but welcoming back, uh, Claudia King. Uh, who is the host of the Star Enough podcast on the Spear Talk YouTube channel. She's also a former member of law enforcement, and she works with this, this incredible organization, Summit Advocates, uh, which helps the victims of domestic assault, d- domestic assault and uh, sexual assault. Um, and also welcoming back former champion, world champion boxer, Hall of Famer, only female boxer ever on the cover of Sports Illustrated, uh, Chrissy Salters. Uh, ladies, it's awesome to have you on here again.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having, having
0: us. Absolutely. No, and and uh, the one of the reasons why I wanted to do this um, is because, obviously, I, when you were both on the show before, the idea, the concept of this domestic awareness, domestic assault, domestic abuse, all this, these intangibles, it's the taboo talk of it, people not coming forward, talking about it and stuff. It's always kind of resonated with me because I never feel like it's a male um, especially or just a person now with a platform to to talk about this stuff that i don't do enough about um with the domestic abuse and uh getting the word out there are incredible organizations like summit advocates or the, the the programs and stuff you work with christy and so lo and behold a couple months ago i watched the new show uh on netflix um, Untold, Deal with the Devil, which is kind of like this program where they kind of do different athletes and different people uh, with these kind of interesting, sometimes dark paths. And Christy, your episode came up again. And when I watched it, I I immediately thought back to the first time I reached out to you. And then when the Sports Illustrated, ESPN kind of did that cover story of you at the onset of COVID. And a year later, I'm thinking, man, this is still a prevalent discussion that needs to be had. And so my kind of my first question is – from the last time I talked to both of you, what has changed in your life for the better? And what is something that you wish you that could have changed for the better?
2: Well, I see us looking at each other like, Oh my gosh, who has to take this one first?
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's a tough question. I mean, what, um, what has changed for the better? God has blessed me to still be here to talk to you today. And, and, um, you know, I have been able to, to go around to, even with the pandemic, we've had uh, several different speaking engagements that I've gone to with different domestic violence shelters and groups uh, that drew an audience and was able to really share my story and hopefully make people more aware of domestic violence and that it isn't always about the bruises. It's, it's many times about the the control, the manipulation the emotional abuse. And, and those are the types of abuses that I personally had more than physical. So I, I feel like it's very important for me to, to share that with. Um, I'm just blessed. God is blessed.
0: That's
2: awesome. I would agree with that. First, I do wanna say I'm honored to be in the company of such a badass. So let me start there. <laughs> also you, John, you're great as well, but. Uh, Yeah. I mean, for me, what has been great is just having a new platform to not only share my story, but to really highlight the stories of others, which is giving other people hope. So that has been a huge blessing for me. And the more times that I'm telling my story, it becomes easier and easier. I think the one thing that's not as good is that you know, we are still really challenged with this. Like you said, John, um, there's a lot more people suffering from domestic violence than we even realize. And it's been a lot worse with COVID.
0: The, and I, let's, let's just jump into that because a couple months ago, this is right with the pandemic was kind of, I mean, we still don't know what's going on really, I guess. Uh, but it turned out one of my good friends uh, was in a relationship and I noticed on social media that they kind of broke up or whatever. And it turns out that as the male, he was being abused by her as a female scratches, death threats. And the next morning she'd wake up saying, Oh, it was just us arguing, whatever. Well, they said split up. And I guess not being a good friend. I mean, so I look at, it and I go, man, I'm a really good friends with this person. I had no idea that for the last couple of years, every other day there used to be this verbal abuse and, physical abuse, scratches and stuff from a girl going to a male. And part of it, I looked at it as if I'm a male, I feel where it's like, hey, if my, if I have a headache or I don't feel well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm a man, right? And so my mentality, and you look at athletes today, they'll hide concussions just so they can throw another touchdown pass. Or there's this idea that we can't show we're hurt or we're hurting. And I'm thinking, well, maybe so I'm talking to him, and sure enough, he told me everything's going on. And it got me thinking, as you guys are coming out here, Claudia, you're a former cop uh, that dealt with abuse towards you. And Christy, you're the, one of the greatest fighters of all time. It doesn't matter who, what genre, what age, what whatever, weight class. And you were a victim of abuse. And it got me thinking, are we all just kind of too – if a cop could be abused or a fighter could be abused – Or a male could be like, so where do we draw the line where it's like, are people just too afraid to come forward? And I'll start with you, uh, Claudia.
2: I think that's definitely part of it. You know, I grew up with that same attitude about, you know, being injured and hiding it. I was an elite runner and there were times I ran with a broken foot or I literally cut a cast off once so I could run in a meet. So I kind of grew up with that attitude of just having to fight through the pain. I think that then being a police officer, I was in denial partially, you know, I could see it on everybody else that it was happening to, and I could tell them what was wrong. Uh, I didn't want to admit it to myself, what was wrong. So I think, you know, it's, it's that we're scared, but we're also a lot of times in denial. It's, it's not really happening to us. Right. I, I think it's very it's just like you said, though, it's you're in denial. But it's also it's
1: just very hard to make that leap of I'm going to tell somebody I'm going to share my story with somebody. I'm going to tell them that that this is happening. Um, and, and I do think that with emotional, uh, mental, those those kind of abuses like you get. So you get down that road way before you realize you're getting down that road. Um, it takes a while. I mean, obviously, if somebody hits you you get it right then they they're hitting me they're physically abusing me so you get it it still doesn't mean you can get away um or or you're ready to get away but but the the, the mental stuff the mental stuff people just can't understand what these narcissists players I mean what they they do to you um, just the beat down the beat down and I think some of it is we as a society just are not we're not caring we we we're, we're mean. We're mean. We're mean to other people. We're we're uh, looking at. We think putting someone down is is positive. Or maybe we feel so bad about ourselves that we have to put you down so we feel better. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I, I keep trying to say I want to help some one person. God left me here to help somebody, so they don't have to go down the road that I went down. Then I I was like, you know what? That's not good enough for me. Not anymore. I want to help somebody every day, and that's the thing, and if it's just going to the post office and telling somebody, have a, have a nice day, you don't have any idea, sometimes people said that to me, or yeah, have a nice day, you have a nice smile, You, I like your shirt, it could be the difference in, in how you move through the rest of your life, like, I mean, you could be that low and that ready to give up but just one positive word, one positive statement from somebody can change your whole outlook.
0: As you're putting together and working with Netflix, for the untold, um, the deal with the devil, your, your episode, does that bring up dark, dark memories again? I know it's the first time your ex was actually uh, interviewed for something like this. And so I, I, to help me understand where I know why, I think I know why you did it to help other people, like you said, understand that, hey, talk about it. And this is how I survived this. Maybe you can too, whatever it is. But when you put yourself out there again, um, it started with the ESPN cover story, the start of COVID, now Netflix. Is your goal to eventually escape these thoughts or is the race to get away from this actually your quest to help others who are going through the same thing right now?
1: To me, my, my only thing is to help somebody else. I mean, I, I, the damage is done to me. Will I ever have that day that I feel like I'm over it? Probably not. But I feel, I feel so proud if, if, if somebody can come back to me and say, you made the difference. Or after I speak, if, if people come to me and say, I get it now. Um, you know, I have to act, maybe I have a sister or a friend or somebody that I, I, you're right. They are in this situation and I need to act now because we don't know my, my situation with Jim wasn't really physical until it was physical. And then it's too late. I mean, most people don't live through what I live through. Uh, so if, if somebody can realize that I need to act sooner rather than later, because either I, I heard my story or they saw the Netflix documentary, um, then, then I'm doing positive. I'm doing good work.
0: And, and you mentioned that there, I, there's not a lot of people that would could survive what you went through. Why do you think you survived? It was it the ultimate, like, if I survive this, I'm going to help other people survive this. Like how, like that whole, and I, for people that know your story, obviously you were, you were hit, you were shot, you were left for dead. Um, and you obviously you're here today, but from the moment the, the bullet hits you to get into the car and just it's just how do you kind of comprehend what's going through your like what are your thoughts at that time like how are you like wh- what do you see like what do you see happening
1: well at the beginning he had stabbed me several times and one of the stabs had actually punctured my lung so i could hear the gurgling sound knowing that my my lung was punctured and said so, you know i'm bleeding internally so um that scared me. And actually at that point, I started to beg him to save me and and to get me help. Um, but not long after that, I realized he couldn't get me help. I, he was gonna kill me one, you know, one way or the other. Uh, before, that was another way I was gonna get out. So, um, and, and then when he shot me, I, I just prayed to God. And I, I prayed hard. Like, I feel like my eyes looked at God's eyes and said, please show me some way to get out of here. And that's what happened. I heard Jim turn the shower water on, and when I heard the shower water turn on, I, I was able to get up. I don't know how because I had tried so many times before to get up, and blood would squirt. I had holes all over my body, and so I would try to get up, blood would squirt out. It would scare me, so I would lay back down. This time I got up. I got the car keys. I went to the car, wrong car keys. So <sighs> I I decided I would go to the middle of the road in in Apopka, Florida, and and um. Basically carjack somebody and that's what that's what happened. So I, what what gave me the strength? I, I don't know other than during the attack when he was beating me, it was like the switch flipped and I I you cannot kill me. And um and I meant it so strong. I I, I just maybe it was the fighter in me. Maybe it was the fact that God God touched me and I need you, I need you to stay here, Christy, and, and help some other people.
0: I don't know what happened. Right. Now, Claudia, in your, in your kind of, and I know you've talked about yours as well, um, and the the physical and the emotional scars from it. The for the last time, for the first time it happened, to the last time it happened, or the last say the last time it happened, and it it was your reason to tell someone, to get help, or do what you did. How did you kind of what? as that last hit happened or that last yell or that last check, that last scream at you for that moment, from the last scream to what you did after what was going through your head in terms of the, enough is enough. Like, I, I can't take this anymore.
2: I think it was definitely seeing that escalation. Like Christy said, the emotional goes on and on for so long that it, it beats you down and it wears you down. As the physical abuse begins, um, you can see, you can see it worsening much more quickly, I think. And I just realized that it wasn't gonna turn out good for me, you know, and I wasn't going to survive the situation if I stayed in it. But at the same time, I was still so broken in that moment that I had to go to a therapist. For her to tell me I was doing the right thing, like I needed that external permission and validation because I was so messed up in my head, Um, but at least I had the strength to at least go to that external validation and look. And once I got that, I started making a plan to
0: leave. I know we kind of touched upon the idea of the mental abuse itself and Christy, uh, before we we went live here, we were talking about how I, pre- or is it Christy Salters Martin, Christy Salters. Um, and so there's that stigma of the name attached to your name. Kind of talk us through how you had to deal with the abuse uh, with your ex Jim, when he referred, always called you uh, Christy Martin as opposed, as opposed to Christy Salters and all this stuff. Like, how do you kind of shake that almost where you get someone's name, it's almost like a brand, uh, if you look at it in that sense.
1: Right, well, that that was just one of the kind of arguing points, you know, I would tell Jim I wanted to leave, and I wanted to get a divorce, and I was going to go back to Christy Salters, my maiden name, and um, he would tell me, it doesn't matter, you're always going to be Christy Martin, uh, so that's who people are going to always know, and and I would argue back with them, but, but he was right about that, he, he was right. Be, being Christy Martin gives me a platform to talk about domestic violence to people. And, and, and for that, I'm grateful. But I, I will have to a uh, funny story. When he did the Netflix filming, he said to them that he wished I would stop using his name.
0: <laughs>
1: and I said I said to them, would you please tell him the only reason that anyone knows his name is because of me? Um, but, he, you know, it just, it just shows that his arrogant ass is is still the same and I think people could see see that on the Netflix documentary that he, I when I saw it the first time was was hoping that there would be some change in his personality and that 10 years in in prison would would soften him some maybe or or change change his uh, outlook on how things happen but it did It did nothing. I mean, he's the same, if not
0: worse. It's, it's very fascinating to me to see someone like him do this incredibly heinous act um, for all intents and purposes should never leave a jail cell, but it it just, for someone to have no remorse, it just, it's, it just baffles my mind that someone could be, you said, you both said before people are just inherently, there are people who are really mean uh, no, there's no empathy. No one cares about other people. Uh, but for people like this, your ex Jim to exist, that there is another female out there. There's another male, there's a kid, there's whoever it is, an elderly person who has someone in their life like Jim, um, who is one step away from becoming Jim and being in jail. And it's just, I, I can't wrap my head around it because, and I was saying to my friends, it's like, whenever I'm out in public, um, I don't wish to see someone get hit or someone be yelled at, but I always want to see if if I did see something, um, how I'd react. I hope I would react the way I always envision where I'm going to stop it and deal with the problem. But when it comes to like the, the mental aspect of the head games, you physically can't grab that. You can't punch that. You can't shake that away. And so how do you kind of deal with those, the mental, the abuse where it's the physical, like if I'm having a bad day, I can't punch the punching bag. I've still have those evil thoughts. Uh, but how do you guys girls deal with the idea of when you have the bad day, how do you shake those demons out uh, stuff like that?
2: I had a punching bag, so I do punch them out. Um, you know, for me, physical activity is really important to, my mental wellness and if I feel physically strong, I feel mentally strong. So I do punch out those bad thoughts. You know, like Christy said, I don't think there's ever going to be a day where I'm like, yep, I'm better now. It's all gone. Um I'm not counting on that day, I don't think it's ever going to come. I think there's always going to be triggers, issues, things that remind me of those times. So I just have to accept that and try to reduce the negative self-talk that I still do, uh, and and punch and kick out those feelings.
1: And, and that's that's part of what I, I talk to people about. Um, sometimes people ask me to come do a uh, uh, um, a class of boxing for, for protection. And um, I, I tell them that it's, to me, that's the wrong mindset to give a woman that just because she learns how to box a little bit, that she can actually walk down a street that she shouldn't because you sh- that, that's not the case. What I think the boxing workout does exactly what you said. When you hit that bag, when you do the run, whatever it is you're doing to work out, you start feeling better about yourself mentally you start feeling better about yourself mentally there's confidence then you're holding your your head up high you're walking with your shoulders back you know you can tell it's a strong person why if i'm a a narcissist asshole do am i going to pick on you i'm going to go find this weak person that doesn't have that confidence to to be my target that's why i i always tell people you know i want to make a difference to the boxing gym that's my platform so i i think it's important to we are putting computers Christie's champs. We're putting computers in boxing gyms where we're bringing tutors in mentors um, recently just sent some boxing equipment to my hometown boxing gym in West Virginia. So I'm proud of that. Um, but that confidence is, is more than any words or any book you can read.
0: With programs like Christie's champs or summit advocates, Obviously, there's other countless amazing organizations as well. But for both of you, um, when if there ever is a person that gets involved in your organization that you're trying to help them, and they just don't, they don't. uh, I'll use use for example, Christy. If someone goes to Christy's Champs and they don't want to be a boxer, they don't even really care about that. Are you still able to help them um, in a sense where they can get the help they need? Like, how does someone? First of the, to even some of the walk through your doors to ask for help is the biggest step, but for them to like, further commit, how do you reassure them in your organizations that you both work with, uh, that, Hey, if you put the time in we can't help you, but you have to help yourself too. Like, how do you kind of deal with those people that might not, um, want the help, but realize they do need to help. And I'll start with you, Claudia.
2: So that is very common, you know, especially for us on average, it takes, uh, a victim seven times to leave an abusive relationship. So, when we see people, we know that we are probably going to see them again and they they often want immediate help because it has been that situation where they had to call 911 because they were getting beat up or they thought they were going to die. So they want help in that moment, but they're not ready for the long-term help. And that can be really challenging for people like me and probably like Christy that just want to help people and we want to do everything we can. But for me, I have to realize that all I can do is all I can do. And if somebody isn't ready to take the help, I have to approach them without judgment and be there for whenever they're ready with that support. And it is not easy to do that, you know, it's really hard to look at somebody and you know what's better for them, but until they know what's better for them, you can't force them through that door. So we do what's called survivor defined. And basically that means, you know, figuring out what's right for you is really on you. And I'm going to help you walk that path, whatever that path is. And what we know, you're
1: absolutely right with the seven times is about is the average that a woman leaves before she really leaves. Um, but also within the two week period of time of leaving, that's when the most homicides happen with the um, domestic violence situation. So it's it's dangerous. People want to say, well, why don't she just leave or why don't he just leave? Well, if it were that easy, we would have all left a long time ago. But it's not that easy um, with with my organization, with Christie's Champs. We're all over social media, and we're there. We're, we're, we're actually right now in the process of building up. Uh, we're gonna do a um, like a Zoom call for a, a group meeting, so that'll be live every couple of weeks. We're gonna do that, and uh, we have we have money in the uh, the account that we can help with uh, hotel rooms if needed. We need a plane ticket, a bus ticket, whatever to get out of the city because sometimes that's what it takes if is to get away, to completely break ties, Um, but again, it's just, it's easy to go back to what you're familiar with, and you could say, why would anybody go back to the familiarity of of being abused physically or mentally, but that's what you know, and that's what happens, It's, it's, it's a form of Stockholm, we just get comfortable with being in that box.
0: You, uh, you mentioned West Virginia, Christy, and I didn't ask you the last time you are on the nickname of coal Miner's Daughter. Um, who was the one that kind of gave you that nickname? And it, It's really, for me, I, when I hear that, um, I think blue collar, hardworking, you get in the trenches, get dirty, get bloody, which fits your, obviously, your, your career in the ring and outside the ring. Uh, but who was kind of like the first person to kind of pen that? Because I find it, it's a really cool nickname
1: yeah thank you um jimmy lennon jr actually uh they they were actually they were working a couple commentators and jimmy lennon was there and they were trying to put all these different nicknames on me and i'm like no i don't want to be i don't i don't want to be a nickname you have to live up to and somewhere he came up with the west virginia thing a coal miner's daughter i am like, that's perfect and then just a little bit after that a couple of years i was able to meet loretta lynn who is the coal miner's daughter and, uh, and, and get her blessing to, to share the nickname with her. And, uh, you know, it was really, that was a cool experience.
0: No, I, I love that. And I love the, the new Netflix uh, film. They you, you brought back Tyson, uh, Leila Ali, Don King, people that, especially Don King, where it is kind of cool that, sure, he's got his issues or whatever, uh, but to see him talk highly of you, but to also kind of find you do the promotions and the, the put the matchmaking and stuff like that. It's kind of cool where it almost comes like a full circle for you in terms of uh, working with the most prolific uh, boxing uh, promoter there is to now Christy Martin promotions is putting together fights or booking flights for fighters and puts fights all over. It's, it's really cool.
1: Right. And sometimes I actually get them out of the right city. So it's, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. But uh, yeah, and I, I'm fortunate. I actually worked with DK Don King, um, this year in January, I ran, went down to South Florida and ran a show for him. And I'm on the phone with them once a week or once every two weeks. So we're, we're still working on a few things together, even though he, you know, clearly doesn't have Mike Tyson or Vander Holyfield, those guys anymore, but he's still Don King. And, and to me, he's the, the best that ever did it.
0: Right. Now, Claudia, I know you were, a, you were, you're a fan of the UFC and boxing. You've had some fighters on your podcast. Uh, that talks about their mental health and stuff like that. But when it comes to watching a, a pure boxing match, like the last Tyson Fury and Wilder 3 or spectacles like that, I just find something so pure about it. And I know you obviously, like you said, you you punch the bag uh, when you want to shake some cobwebs out or just for your fitness. What is it about boxing for you that really resonates and hits home in terms of something that's that can heal you, but also watching actual gladiators compete? the sport?
2: I think for me, it started when I was a police officer or when I was training. Um, We actually had our corporal was a Gracie trained uh, fighter. So we learned uh, jujitsu there. And so that kind of started my love for fighting in general. And it was a place where I felt like, despite my size of being, you know, smaller than most guys, I could protect myself and win a fight if necessary based on the techniques used Uh, after being a police officer and having neck surgery um, for an injury I had to kind of give up the ground fighting so I moved into boxing and kickboxing there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of strategy in it and it requires a lot of mental focus as well. And that's what I love about it. And that's what I love about watching it because it's not just about who's the strongest, but it's about who has the combinations, who can get out of the way. You know, there's more strategy strategy than just punching. So that's what I love about it for me. And that's what I love about watching it as
0: well. Now, do you still? Obviously, you put on fights. You're a promoter. You're still. You're teaching. Do you still go out of your way to watch a good boxing match, Christy? Is this still drawing you in where you can watch other people still compete at that level?
1: Oh, for sure. We were we were at um, Tyson Fury and and Wilder. It was a great fight. It was great to be there. The atmosphere was not like Mike Tyson. I have to say, like the Tyson, the whole week, the whole city's on. You know, vibrating right. and excited but um, the, that was a great fight. It was a great fight. It has to be one of the best heavyweight fights that for sure we've seen in a very, very long time. And maybe of all times, Not maybe not the best, but it was one of the best. Um, and it was great to see boxing get a good shot in the arm because it, we need it. We've lost many of our young fans to the UFC and hopefully fights like that, the best against the best will we'll get some interest coming back to boxing.
0: Well, it is interesting. Um the whole spectacle of it where you have someone like Flea Wade Mather fighting uh Car McGregor or uh the celebrity fights they keep putting on now where it's they bring out these guys they haven't fought in 20 years to fight some celebrity. And while I appreciate that they're willing to put themselves out there now whether it's for financial gain or whatever, they're still in the ring doing it. But like you both have talked about Boxing just isn't about throwing the punch. I mean, there's so much. I think that Fury-Wilder fight was won before they even stepped in the ring, mm-hmm. um, or at least the second match was, because Tyson's really good with uh, Fury, is really good with his mental game and um, stuff like that. So it is – I just think so many people are like, oh, they can do a celebrity boxing match. It's like you don't realize the actual – the art of boxing, what actually goes into the craft of that, just even stepping in the ring.
1: For sure. I mean, it's great that these guys want to come back to boxing, but the truth is, you know, we're we're too old. We shouldn't be getting hit in the head anymore. Uh, We're just too old for it. And um, maybe the skills were better at our time, but they're not better at this time. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm not a fan of the celebrity boxing matches, the the YouTubers and stuff coming into boxing, making millions of dollars. Great for them because they figured out a hustle to get it to get paid, and they're bringing the views in. They should get the money. But at the same time, it's hard for me uh, promoting some young and up-and-coming talent that are making two thousand dollars a fight to to justify. You're busting your ass every day. You're training. You're fighting real fights, and you're getting paid two thousand dollars. And they're getting paid, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions. It's hard. Right.
0: One of the things I love, obviously, your, your career is so prolific. But when you're the only female uh, boxer to ever be on the cover of Sports Illustrated is the age of, I mean, Leila Lee, and obviously there's others, but there's been other prolific uh, female champion UFC fighters, uh, from Ronda Rousey to Holly Holm to Tate to uh, Cyborg to all these females. Is do people not value the the idea of a woman being the cover, but like, I, I find it really hard to believe that there hasn't been another female boxer on there. And not to take away from what you have, but your legacy paved the way for other people, uh, whether it is boxing or UFC to have the honor to why can't they be on Sports Illustrated? Do you ever find it weird that we are in a very male centric environment when it comes to that type of stuff? Um,
1: At the time that I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, it was very, uh, very rare for a female athlete, athlete, period, to be on the cover. So, and I don't know, now that we don't really go buy magazines, which I'm old school, I like to buy (laughs) magazines and flip pages. um, You know, I I think being on the cover of whatever the magazine may be has has lost the, um, I don't know, the significance. It's not as exciting. It's not as, it doesn't mean as much. They're just not there anymore. It's online. It's different to me.
0: Right. Now for you, Claudia, for me, for I'll step back a little bit here. For me it's amazing to have both of you on here to talk about um, the uh, the abuse you've dealt with and how you've dealt with it and your helping of others where for someone like me, I've never, I've never been abused, whether it's verbal, uh, physical, physical, uh, or mental. I'm sure I've had some hard coaches that I don't think you get away with saying what they did to me now uh, and stuff like that. Go with, especially with your military college, with I'm not going to say hazing, uh, but stuff that you clearly couldn't do today. Uh, but I don't really care a lot of scars for that type of stuff. And so someone like you, Claudia, when you have when you can talk to someone like a Christie uh, Salters, um, someone that. Gone through what you've gone through, or, or at least the idea of it, how comforting it to you is that there's always someone else out there um, that has gone through what you've gone through. Um, might have been worse, might have been less, but they still gone through it. They almost like you could reach out to them and just kind of talk through it.
2: Yeah, it makes a huge difference, and especially for somebody like me who went through it with the career that I was in, it's even more comforting to have somebody like Christy who you know, was in, I don't want to say a similar position, but, you know, it's kind of similar circumstances of being someone that shouldn't be abused, or that can't happen to them. So it is really great to have that. It's sad that we have to have that. It's sad that there's so many of us out there that can connect. But it is really comforting to know, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that was in my position and went through it. So yeah, it's, it's great for me.
0: Right on. So if someone wants to, uh, an aspiring boxer, uh, Christy, someone that wants to get involved with you or your promotions or wants whether it is Christy Champs or boxing in general, how does someone kind of approach you to that? Is there like a protocol or how do you kind of decide? um, Because I am very curious about the whole promotion aspect of boxing or fighting in general. How do you kind of put together these fights, um, which – to draw people in, but you also have to, the, the matchups I find very, very interesting.
1: Yeah. The matchups are the hard part, you know? Um, And I, I try to do my own matchmaking because I want good fights. I think if the the fans are paying, you know, if it's $5 or, or $50 or $500, whatever the price might be, they're paying for entertainment and they should get a real fight. There's so many promoters that just put, I always say an A against an F. I try to match. If I'm going to put two F's on, that might be fine. It might be the fight of the night, but they're both going to be F's. They're both going to be guys that have it, maybe they're O and two, both of them. They, they are, But they're hungry to get that win. So I'm going to, I'll put them against each other. I might have two 10, two 10 and O's fighting each other. My fights are always really good matches. Um, sometimes you get fooled. You know, you look at it on paper, you look at past fights and you think this is going to be a barn burner and then it, it stinks up the show. So but that happens at all levels, not just right. The starting out, guys that I have, it it also happens the big time. I mean, we just saw Mikey Garcia get upset by some guy that had never fought in the United States before. Or fought, I think he was from London. He'd never been out of London, and right, um, should not in a million years have won the fight, but he did.
0: Are you drawn when it comes to putting together a fight for males versus females? Are you more drawn towards the female side of it or male, or do you just look at it right down the line and say, man or woman, I'm going to put together the best fights. I'm going to do the best I can for this boxer, whether it's a guy or a girl.
1: I, I have not promoted many women's fights on my shows. I am right now in talks with Destiny Jones, who is from here in Austin, Texas, uh, to, to actually sign her. So she would be the first female oh, wow. on, on my team. Um, I think she has a lot of talent. Uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of good work ethic, so I think she's somebody that I want to get behind, but the guys that I work with, Anthony Sevilla from West Virginia, uh, can fight, can punch, he's a good little fighter, hungry, will travel all over the, the East Coast to get sparring, uh, Benny Aguilar out of uh, uh, Crescent City, Florida, he's like 7-0 and now exciting he's he's um he's kind of Arturo Gatti like you know yep. d- let's just fight draw a line and fight um uh, so so those are some of the young guys that we have up and coming that you know are going to make some noise out there at sometime
0: love it now before I let you both go uh start with you Claudia um how can people kind of reach out to um, your podcast strong enough if they need help with someone advocate um where could they kind of reach out to you to either share a story or just have you direct them to the right place to go
2: yeah, absolutely. So if they want to reach out to Summit Advocates, uh, we can be found at summitadvocates.org. You can email me directly there, info at summitadvocates.org. That comes straight to me. Uh, and then our crisis line is 970-668-3906. If you are in immediate danger, please call 911. Uh, Strong Enough is on Instagram, Facebook, it's Strong Enough Pod, and they can reach out to me there, StrongEnoughPod@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. And now for you, Christy, um, I know you're on Instagram, Facebook as well. Uh, if people want to get interested in whether it's sparring, training, uh, maybe you promoting them, or reaching out to Christy's Champs, how do they go about doing that?
1: If they want Christy me, if they want Christy's Champs, if they want Christy my promotions, we're all, all on social media, and that's really the best and the fastest way i i check that stuff myself also i have i have help that's doing it so we'll get right back to you as soon as possible
0: that's awesome i think uh i think it'd be cool to have maybe christy on your show uh claudia is that way you guys can deep dig deeper into uh, a lot of the stuff you guys both went through uh which i think is very important but um i can't thank you enough uh for both jumping on here i know Uh, It's not the easiest subject matter to talk to or ask questions about on my side, uh, but the fact you're willing out there, maybe someone, just one person, listens to this episode and is like, "Man, guy or girl, man, I'm being abused. I verbal. I I can reach out to someone, and I think they they know they can reach out to all three of us, and then we put them in the right touch with the right people. But uh, thank you both uh, for jumping on here. Cool. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you like what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, t-shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week.